if you're having a hard time selling, then you're not putting enough pressure on serving. Because if you serve hard, then you sell easy. Welcome to The Lensetter Show, the show that blends the art of sales, the science of success, and the strategies of real experts in the mortgage and sales industries to help you grow your client base, increase your revenue, and get in control of your life. I'm your host, Preston Schmidley. Kick back, enjoy the episode, and don't forget to subscribe. What's going on, guys? Thank you for joining us at The Lensetter Show. I'm very excited for this episode because I have uh, uh, somebody I would consider a friend in this industry. Uh, uh, also a, a member of our program at Good Vibe Squad. Um, very excited to introduce Mary Jane Jupe of uh, MFS uh, Lending. And uh, she's been a, a phenomenal contributor to our community for a while now. Um, and uh, always, always very positive, uh, even during a market that a, a lot of people are saying is challenging and they're having a lot of obstacles, which is real, right? Everybody's having, no matter what state you're in, whether you're in California, whether you're in Florida, you know, Wyoming, I don't really care. Everybody's encountering friction in ways that they haven't encountered before. And uh, I wanted to talk today with Mary Jane because she uh, she's constantly having success through, you know, our platform, but in general as well. She's great at uh, taking applications over the phone. She's great at getting uh, a, a lead, which most people would say is kind of um, on the lower rung of the, the you know, um, relational ladder, right, is most people want the referral, which makes sense because there's less need to establish rapport. But Mary Jane does a great job at that. And so uh, this episode today is going to orbit around how she is navigating those conversations, what she's doing to build a business. And she actually has a really unique business model, which I'm excited to, to go into. Um, but uh, I think I think you guys are going to get a lot from this episode. So uh, Mary Jane, uh, first of all, why don't we? Why don't you just paint so that the listeners have a, kind of a background for you? Why don't you paint your journey so far in the mortgage industry? Yeah, so um, I actually started 22 years ago. Um, I was in telemarketing, and I was actually doing cold calls um, to potential people who actually were going to possibly lose their homes. It was daring. Mm. Um, right before the recession and so forth, um, the first one, <laughs> um, and. Basically, I would make cold calls to see if there were any options for them. And um, I was immediately promoted from that because I was so in tune with building the rapport with clients that they put me in ops where I could start processing. So that's my background. I've done processing. I'm a certified underwriter by my trade. Um I know how to structure loans up front, and that's what I do. I have a conversation that's meaningful with my clients. And to me, when I have a lead, I have it in my head. I am taking a full 1003 with that person. That That's it. The time frame that I've been here has been a little over 90 days. Mm-hmm. And my figures are I've taken almost about 110 loan applications. <laughs> Wow. That is my numbers. Okay. Uh, and they're full loan applications. Now, does that mean that everybody plays ball? Not sure. necessarily. Um, but the majority of them do. They give me all their information. I get documents. And I pre-underwrite. That is what I'm about. I'm all about pre-underwriting, making sure we have clean files to close, to issue pre-approval. That's awesome. Um 
I'm actually asking the team right now. I don't normally do this when I'm on, a, on an episode, but I just hopped into Slack because I was just curious about getting like current up-to-date lead volume numbers on you because um, I, I'd be, you know, I'm sure you have that probably pretty, uh, pretty quickly, but um, 110 apps, honestly, for 90 days is phenomenal. Um, I don't like to talk too much about our program on the show. However, I feel like this is instructive. Um, you know, we obviously implement a minimum of a thousand dollars in ad spend, uh, uh, to, to be in our program. Um, are you spending that? Yes. Yes, I am. I am looking lead, to, uh, your lead to app rate is incredibly high. Cause on a thousand, on a thousand in ad spend plus or minus, if somebody follows our targeting advice, they're going to get roughly around 50 leads a month. You know, it could be better. It could be worse, but that, you know, that's kind of the, what we're aiming for at any given time. Um, so 90 days, you'd have 150 leads. So, I mean, I mean, let's, let's even just say that you have higher volume than that. And you have like 200 at 90 days. Um, I think my actual, if I, if I looked this morning, I think it was at 187, I think is what it is. So, so you, so you're taking right around, I mean, you're right around two thirds of the leads you're getting applications for. Okay, well, let's talk about that because whether somebody's using our platform, some other lead platform, right? The goal is not necessarily to steer people to us. I mean, if they come to us and it's a good fit, that's great. But it's like, ultimately, I want this episode to be something that's beneficial to people, whether they work with us, whether they don't, uh, you know, whether they're a member of our program or somebody else's. So um, what do you feel you're doing? Uh, and if you can get as specific and tactical as possible, um, and I know part of this is mindset, right? Winners win. You're always focused on, on you know, you, you set those standards. You have those beliefs around, I'm going to do this, right? I'm going, like, when you get a lead, you get an application, and damn near, you do. I mean, yeah. two, two. In 90 days, I think I've spoken to three people that have not wanted to move forward with an application. I love that. I mean, and so there's a lot to unpack here that a lot of people could benefit from. So Mary Jane, why don't, why don't you just share some of the things that you feel you do consistently that, um, and we know it's consistently because you're getting, for every three leads, you're getting two apps, right? Which uh, I'm going to be honest, that's, that's abnormal results, right? And so I don't, we never talk about app rates, like every three leads, you'll get two apps because that's not necessarily true. A lot of that is very behavioral, right? Because I could give you a hundred leads and if you don't call them, if you don't connect with them, right, which are based on behaviors, standards that you have as the originator, um, I've seen people get, I, I mean, I, I literally, I had a conversation with somebody that over the course of 18 months, um, they only did 15 loans. And when I checked their system, they had 2,284 leads, right? And so there's an element of resources at a certain point are not the issue. It's resourcefulness, right? And so you clearly have that. So what do you feel you're doing when you wake up every day? What are like some of the commitments and the standards that you've established for yourself to be able to, um, you know, have the level of lead to app that you have? Because if you're getting that many apps, let's say that 75% of them suck. Okay. That's still awesome. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, so talk to us about what some of these standards, behaviors, uh, 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 you know, some of the things you're doing this to establish this level of success. So it all starts with me the night before. The night before I put my to-do list, I put what I'm going to be doing during the day. And I put everything else on the back burner. Why? Because I need to have apps in order to build my pipeline right. and to continually have a pipeline. 
So for me, I wake I at night, right before I go to bed, I am writing. I'm uh, whether I have TV in the background or what, I am writing down my to-do list to do the next day. If it's on the weekend, I still work the weekends. I know there's a life balance and you know what, that'll come. I'm I'm a sales beast. That's what I do. This is what I do, um, Tristan. But I also build rapport. And that's the main thing is when you're speaking to a client who met you online, you have to address the obstacles before they are obstacles. Mm. So for me, I'm going to role play with you. Okay. Let's say you're a client. Yeah. You're interested about the home program. Just bought my phone to ring. By the way, when my ringtone, it's I started from Iggy. Why? Because I started from the bottom and now I'm going to be rich. And that is my, that, that is one of my, my go giddy. I hear that jingle. That's a money sign. Money. Got a hundred dollar bill on their forehead. And then every other ringtone is every day I'm hustling. Okay. Like I, those are my, my mantras, if you will. Okay. And they get me motivated. I love it. And that's something that works for me. So when I hear that, I know I'm dropping whatever it is I'm doing. And I'm just going to point it out there. I literally was in the shower and got that ringtone for Iggy. I stepped out of the shower. I went dripping wet into my kitchen, grabbed me a pen, and I took an application and I requested documents on the spot. Why? Because it's dedication. Yeah. So that person is now pre-approved in shopping. I love it. So, so you're talking. This is great, Mary Jane. Uh, um, I, I, uh, you're talking about a lot of good things. You know, one of one of my mentors, Dan Kennedy, talks about how one of the most important parts of an effective sale is creating a, a healthy sales environment. Right. More often than not, salespeople put themselves in situations. You know, um, he uses an example, and I've seen this myself. He's like, I. Uh, he talks about how essentially. He hears people having important business conversations while they're at the urinal, right? And 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 that sounds extreme, but I, like literally, I've been there. I've heard it. I'm, if I'm being honest, I've done it, right? But it's like we're not. You're not in a position at the urinal to really have success with your call, right? Whatever that rapport relationship building is. First of all, if they hear it, it just and we're immediately in a weird situation. But secondly, if they don't hear it. I'm still having to like, I'm on my heels, right? On the call. I'm trying to make sure you, that you know, it's just a weird place to be, right? And so it's an extreme example, but it's an example of creating a winning uh, uh, sales environment, right? So for you, some of those things that you're doing to, to establish that winning sales environment is the night before you're preparing, right, for that day. Um, you've also done some things to keep mindset top of mind, because that's actually something I've learned. Um, if you're not growing, you're dying, which applies also to your mindset, right? Um, you know, I, uh, last few years, I've actually recognized that most of the growth we've gone through as individuals and as a business, I'd say 80, 90% of it has been about the evolution of our just understanding of abundance and, and our, our, like the health of our mind, um, and our willingness to see opportunity all around us, which it is, you know? Barry Habib actually, he has a great book, Money in the Streets. Um, and I think I think about that a lot. You know, I consider Barry a mentor and uh, it really is. But it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you got to be looking. Like if you don't, 
you know, um, if you ain't looking for it, you'll never see it, right? It's it's money is elusive like that, but it's also obvious for those that. And so that's that's the interesting part that I've just learned in this journey is, um, you know, I can't remember where I, where I heard it, but there was a saying where um, if if you redistributed all the wealth in the world, right? If you took all the wealth in the world and just even Stephen gave everybody the same amount of money, the wealth would be reacquired into the hands of those who had it before within five to ten years. Right, it would be redistributed to the back to the way it was, because there's people that know what to look for with wealth. They know what to look for with money, and they know how they're they're always looking for opportunity. Um, they have an eye for it, right? And that's a kind of a muscle you have to develop. But also, um, from what I've observed is, um, you know, I, the the saying that I like to use is, money is like a woman who knows her worth, right? It's like it, it, she won't take mistreatment for very long. And, and she only hangs where she's respected, right? And so um, money doesn't, and this is why most people that, you know, win the jack, the, the lottery file bankruptcy within two years. It's like they don't have the mindset to be able to hold that kind of wealth. It's, it is actually less tactical. It's about 10, 20% tactic. And it's like 80, 90% what's up here. You got to be the person that can hold wealth for wealth to stay. It can come and it can go. You might get lucky. But you won't, it won't, you won't be able to hang on to it unless you have that mindset. So I think you've done a lot of great things on that. Let's dive in because, um, you know, everybody has their own uh, journey to mindset, right? It's like we can't force feed that to anybody. They got to want it for themselves. They got to believe it for themselves, right? It's that whole whether you say you can or you can't, you're right, is so true. Um, but let's say, let's speak to somebody who goes, okay, I get it. I know, I know I need to keep my eye out for money. I, I, I want it. I want to have more success. I want to be able to take two apps from every three leads I get, right? Let's be honest. I mean, I love our system and I think we have great leads, but leads are leads are leads. All leads suck from the standpoint of they aren't a referral. They require work, right? They're full. Um, yeah. We don't, we don't try to finesse that. They're leads, right? It's, it's an at bat. Um, it's not a home run. It's an at bat, right? And so... Now, it can be a home run if somebody like you gets up to the plate, right? But our goal is to just put the ball on the tee and let you swing, right? And so from that standpoint, let's assume we're talking to somebody who's got they, – they maybe they do or they don't have the mindset, but they at least are open to the to starting their own hero's journey to, to become that person who can hold that wealth, right? What are some of the behaviors you're doing? Uh, some of the – I mean, I guess you could call it tactic, but I think it's really just – you know, standards and behaviors, but like you're, you're obviously calling leads, right? Yeah. What are your, what are some of your patterns and behaviors around outbound interaction? So when I'm calling them, I act like I know them. Mm -hmm. I don't say, Oh, can I speak to you? I'll say, Hey, Larry, this is Mary Jean. And I make it sound very exciting. And then that's going to change the tone of the call. I don't know these people. I've never met them. I, you know, but the thing is, is it takes down the guard and they might say, well, you know, yeah, hi, I'm, uh, how are you today? And then I'm trying to break through that barrier. And as soon as I break through and they're, they're saying, who is this? That's my opportunity because by law, you have to say who you are and where you're from. And I do say, I'm Mary Jane, I'm with MSF Lending. You had inquired about some information about the Hero Home Program. And guess what? I'm here to offer you that that incentive. 
Would you like to have yeah. a conversation? Would now work for you? I give yeah. them an out. And if there is an out, then I send them a link and then they can schedule at their own need. Okay. But let's say I get somebody on the phone and I say, you know what? I know we met online. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. You know, I don't know you. You don't know me. I go head on with I love that. that objection. Yeah. And I say, let me tell you a little bit about me. You're not dealing with a fly-by-night loan officer. I've been in this industry for 22 years. I have an underwriting credential. I know how to structure your loans. But you have some homework to do, okay? And your homework is going to be, I'm going to need some information from you. But first, I want to know about your goal. What is it What is it that made you reach out on that online yeah. survey or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And what was it that attracted you to that? What are your goals to be a homeowner? And I just let them talk and talk. Do I really care what kind of house they're going to get or this, that, and the other? You know, it's it's just information for me to pass sure. on to a realtor for that added value. Yes. But the more they talk, the more I'm getting. And they'll answer their own questions on a 1003. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm doing it right. Right. And if they're not, then I'll say, okay, well, let's go ahead. This is what I need to do with you. I need to get some personal information. And this is how I build the report. I have your name as da 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 Is this spelled right? Oh, it is. Okay, perfect. Obviously, I have a phone number that works for you, right? Is this the best phone number? Because mm -hmm. why? They already provided it. Right. Hey, your email. I just need you just to verify that for me because sometimes they don't put the right email. It's leads, right? right? So then I have them reiterate that because that's a contact for me. For sure. And then from there, I just go through the steps. You know, where are you currently living? How long? And then I get into the next step. Okay, so this is going to be more for qualification. This is more for me than for you because it's my job to go out and find you the incentives that you qualified for. Okay. And then from there, they're intrigued to give me their information because they want to know what they qualify for. Right. It's just strategic. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, you're hitting the what's in it for me. My, one of my mentors, uh, uh, my district manager back when I was uh, doing insurance, he said, uh, everybody likes to tune in to WIFM for their favorite radio station. What's in it for me? And I was like, uh, you know, that's so true. Like you have to be able to communicate why this next step, even though it's for you, it's for them, right? It's like we can't, you can't progress in your journey, your growth without this. And so you obviously have reframed that in a great way. I think that's awesome. So, I mean, a lot of this is qualitative by nature, right? It's like, because um, I'm big on, you know, there's really two sides to this business from the prospecting standpoint and the sales cycle. You have the the quantitative and the qualitative. The quantitative is, are you, how many calls are you doing within, you know, like the things we measure is how many calls, uh, outreach attempts are you making within the 24 hours of the lead coming in, Right. Now, obviously, if it's Saturday, we're counting starting essentially Monday, right? It's like, are you, you know, but but the the goal is, are you, is there a level of urgency, right? Because as you know, the longer a lead sits, I, the analogy I like to use is a lead starts bleeding out the moment they opt in, right? Uh, if we just leave them there, by the time we get to them, they're dead. They've completely bled out, right? And the amount of, now that's not to say you can't, you know, get, get them in the hospital. And, and, but the amount of effort you have to put into a lead to get them back alive is so much higher than if you just were, had an aggressive, uh, or I wouldn't even call it aggressive. I'd say proactive 
outreach, uh, uh, you know, setup established within your business. So those are the kind of the quantitative. But a lot of what you've been talking about is qualitative and, and, and talking about, you know, the conversational part of it. And, and I liked what you what you had mentioned there. It's actually something I used to do when when I when I sold life insurance door to door was um, a lot of compliance gaining. Right. And so the concept of compliance gaining is, you know, uh, you if, if you're if you approach a lead and this is uh, instructive for anybody who's working any kind of lead, whether it's Zillow, whether it's Good Vibe Squad, whether it's whatever, I don't really care. Um, people are skeptical even if they filled it out. Right. And so it's like it, it feels counterintuitive because it's like, well, you filled this out, man. Don't you want this? But it's like we also have to remember we're competing with, you know, they're, they're trying to keep their kids alive. They're trying they're, they just got an email about something at work, their coworker, they, you know, they're trying to talk to their spouse. I mean, I mean, you're competing with thousands of things any given moment, right? It's not even that you're competing with other lenders. You, your bigger fight is their attention, right? Not your competition. And so, um, the thing that, that I think is really great about the compliance gaining is it takes the pressure off you and it puts it back on them. It's like, you know, you, you spelled your name this way. Is that correct? Okay. You put in this email. Is that correct? Or is there a better one? Okay. This is the, obviously you put this number in, but this number worked to get you. So that's good. You said this, you said this, you said this, yeah. is that correct? You're putting the pressure back on them because, and it also removes skepticism because now it's kind of that, oh, I, I filled this out. Oh, oh, I filled this out. Okay. I said that. Yeah. And it's like, it, it makes you less of a prowler, uh, uh, you know, and it takes that, it makes it less of a, it takes away the sensation to them that this is a pressure sale and it's more, oh, you're, you're really following up because I did put all of that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that you're doing that. I think that's really great. Um, and you know, one thing that I, I want to touch on too, before we move on, I, and I would like to discuss quantitative here in a second, but, um, one thing that I like that you're doing, and, and you know, we talk about this a lot, but not everybody adopts it as a sales strategy. And clearly, it's working for you. Uh, I mean, many things are working for you, but this is part of your recipe: is you're taking applications on the phone, yep. which I think is beautiful. And I'm a huge fan of that. I, I take notes on so much stuff. Um, I always have a notepad with me, and I know it feels outdated to a lot of people or, or old school. Um, but why don't you talk? Why don't you talk a little bit about your experience taking the apps on the phone, uh, um, why you do that, what you feel uh, is the um, benefit to you and the borrower from that? Because uh, more often than not, I see people, um, in my opinion, misuse um, um, the link to their application as a prospecting tool, which in my opinion, it's a it's a fulfillment tool. It's, it's, it's to make our job easier on getting information into our documents. But it was not designed, nor does it solve the problem of prospecting, right? And so I feel like it's heavily misused. But a lot of people still lean on that and feel like if somebody's not willing to do that, they're disinterested. So I'd be curious about your take on that. Yes. So honestly, the reason why I do the 1003s myself is because I'm building rapport. Sending a link does not build rapport. And the more that you get up front from your client, the better chances are they're going to want to work with you, period. And keep in mind, we get licensed to learn what a 1003 is. Clients are not licensed. Clients will make mistakes on 1003s, and it's your job as a loan officer to catch those. 
if you're just sending out a link. It can be missed. It really can. It could be overinflated. It could be, you know, and, and the thing is, is this. I have them on the phone. They're willing to talk to me. I'm taking that application over the phone. Why? Because for every passing moment, if they get off the phone and then there's an emergency, well, guess what? You're not going to be the thing that they're going to be taking care of first. Right. And then what's going to happen? More time is going to pass and they might change their mind. Maybe they're speaking to another lender that, guess what, is going to take the time to do a 1003 over the phone like you. And then guess what? They're building the rapport. So what's that mean? You just lost business. Yeah. Yeah. It's leaving a loose, uh, leaving a loose brick in the wall for somebody else to come through and, and get it. Um, that's interesting. I, I really like that. I think it's, it's, it's healthy for, I mean, clearly it's more fronted work, right? But, um, there was a, I was at a mastermind last week with McBilly and, and there was one of the speakers there, um, uh, Barry Baumgartner who runs, um, Sage Entertainment. She, that's the company that does all of, uh, um, uh, Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, Russell Brunson, that she coordinates and throws all their events, their live events, right? Which, so this is like unleashing the power within all, all this UPW live, you know, all the stuff that Tony does, which is massive. Um, and she, she had talked about this concept that she, she, she defines as serve hard, sell easy, right? If you're on the front end, if you're willing to put the work on the front end to, to serve somebody, right? Which rapport building is serving. Uh, um, having an honest conversation that takes time is serving. Um, you know, all this stuff that you're doing in the front end, if you're doing those things and you're serving hard, you'll only have to sell easy. Right? It's not hard to sell, right? Now, if you serve easy, you have to sell hard, right? And so that's the problem a lot of people don't really think about is if you're having a difficult time working any traffic source, I don't care if it's referrals, leads, uh, you know, organic stuff from video marketing, if you're having a hard time selling, then you're not putting pr enough pressure on serving. Because if you serve hard, then you sell easy, right? And so that really, I was like, oh my God, what a beautiful and poetic way to define that that uh, uh, issue for that a lot of people encounter. Um, so, okay, so, so that's very qualitative. And I think that you're having phenomenal conversations with people. So it's clearly showing, um, you know, you're going from right around 200-ish leads to uh, uh, 110 applications. So obviously what you're doing works. Uh, for those that are listening to this call right now, um, I would strongly advocate for you to be open to this. One of the things that I've realized as well is you have to believe that this is possible, right? So you have to believe that it's effective, right? I've talked to a lot of people that go, I'm not taking apps on the phone because that doesn't work. Well, if that's your belief, then you're right. It won't work for you. You have to believe it's possible. You have to believe it works, right? Um, you know, this goes back to that whole concept of the four minute mile. People didn't think it was, it was possible. So they didn't even try it. Right. And then once they saw it happen, that record was broken multiple times within the next few months because people went, Oh, well, this, it happened. A human did it. Right. And so it's important for you to challenge your own beliefs about how you grow your business. Cause if you're not satisfied with where you're at, if you're not happy with where you're going, maybe your beliefs aren't serving you. And that's important, right? Not not your belief about the destination, not your belief about your capabilities, but it's also important to question the beliefs that you have about how you acquire the income you acquire, right? Because sometimes we have some bullshit in our head. It's a belief that our parents passed on to us. It's a belief that, you know, somebody in our life passed on to us. It's a belief that maybe it's a branch manager or somebody else passed on to us. And 
So now you're living within this limitation that you could, you have the key to your own cage and could set yourself free. But because you've established that belief, you are unable to attract business that way, right? I've talked to a lot of people over the last, you know, going on greater part of a decade now who have believed that one cannot grow a mortgage business through taking applications on the phone. So they don't. And that's a hard game to play if that's your belief, right? Um, so that's something that's interesting. Um, MJ, why don't we talk a little bit about you're making calls. How many calls do you make or how do you structure that? Do you have like certain times of the day you do this? Like how do you structure and categorize your, um, like your working day? What's, what are your priorities? So to be honest with you, I have not started the, uh, power dialer just yet, but I do have, I know. <laughs> you're doing all of this manually. Yes. Um, Holy shit. I have a meeting with uh, the GVS team on the 13th to see about getting that established. Wow. Uh, what I do, you got to understand where I have my campaign is East Coast. I start my day on West Coast at 4 a.m. Okay. I do that because I need to make sure I'm in their time zone. I've already had my coffee. Let's be real. I do triple shots every morning because that's my thing um and it just gets me rocking and rolling i yep. already drank mine so i don't have mine no more <laughs> but hey um and what i do is i just hit the phones and for every person that tells me no or says now is not the time i created my own templates as well for for uh texting and I have my own templates in there, which is an awesome tool, by the way. Yeah. And the ones that say no, I just mark with a little tiny little asterisk next next to it because I have a, a way I do it. And then after I'm done power dialing, I send out a mass text to all of them with my scheduling. That's what I do because they reached out originally. Mm -hmm. They were interested at some point. And I yeah. can recoup quite a bit of that by doing that. That's legit. I love that. So, so I just heard back from Nicole. She said 200 and lead, 203 leads so far, 98 days live. You've taken 110 applications. Um, I want to talk about like what you do with the leads that don't respond. But, but you know, I mean, we only got, what would that be? Less than 100 of them, like 97 of them or so uh, haven't responded or, or you haven't gotten to an app at least, right? I'm sure some of those have responded and didn't become an app or, you know, you might get the occasional F off or I don't want it or this is wrong number, right? You're going to have some yeah, of that. Yeah, wrong number. But... That's the one I get the most, wrong number. Like, yeah. But I always respond back with, wrong number? Well, how did I get yours? Yeah. You know, one thing <laughs> I actually, like, what? <laughs> it, it, it was a, it was a Hail Mary attempt, but when I would do, when I would do door to door life insurance, cause oftentimes, so, sometimes people would feel like little lead card thingies and then I would, you know, kind of show up unannounced and, um, I would try to do it, uh, sales that way. And one of the things that I did that it worked one or two times in my career. So this is not like a strategy. It's a Hail Mary attempt. Mm -hmm. But what I would do is I, I'm ready to do a presentation at all times, right? So so when they go, oh, yeah, there, there's no John here, I just go, oh, man, well, I don't know how else I'm going to get a hold of John then because these these are supposed to be their benefits. I I mean, I got to I gotta give these benefits to somebody that needs them. Um, since I can't get in touch with John, 
you know, is this something that your family might be interested in? And two times I actually made sales on that. Now I don't, I'm going to advocate that as your main strategy, <laughs> but Hey, we got to make lemonade when we got lemons. Right. And so, um, when you do get the wrong numbers, uh, um, if your response to that is, Oh, okay. You got an at bat. Now it's a shitty at bat. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I agree. But, um, it's a, it's like, I, I would have lost two sales, both of which paid thousands of dollars if I didn't just swing for the fences. Right. Yep. Uh, you have so I love that. You know, if you got the wrong number, you still swing. So, um, I think that's great. Um, my question though, is you, you had talked about the templates within loan more CRM. Um, my question is for the ones that aren't responsive, have you like tried the takeaway template or have you, have you used any of the stuff in the system like that? No, I haven't actually used the, the actual templates that you guys use. Um, okay. I created my own because I started kind of playing with it and seeing what was working and what wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. And then I realized when I did a couple of them, I got responses. So I was like, oh, okay, there's one that's working. And then basically, because what I'm trying to do is just recapture them. Because you guys are doing your own automation. Right. And I'm doing mine too, because I do follow up via text. I do, because there's some people that only want to be text. A large there's chunk of people, yeah. I haven't even had yet where they're, oh, send me the link to fill out an application. And I just say, hey, you know, I'm actually the professional on this. I would love to have a conversation with you. I can mm. definitely send you a link if you still <clears throat> want this. But, you know, I I really like the human contact. I'm old school. That's what I say. And then next thing you know, okay, well, here's my link. Go ahead and schedule at a time and I'll be there. Um, so. I actually really love that. And, you know, what, what, what you, what you're talking about goes back to what we talked about not long ago, which is controlling the sales environment, right? Um, nine and a half out of 10 to actually most people in any profession are going to get that. Just send me the link. And to them, they go, okay. And then and in their brain, they go sweet that, you know, oh, they're going to fill the app out. Dude, one out of five, maybe fills the app out. The other four, that was a polite letdown. Uh, they they meant well, but they forgot. They got busy, right? So all these other yeah. things start, right? And so it's like this is about controlling your sales environment. Right? Like if you, if you know, and this is something actually we do at Good Vibe Squad. We're, we disqualify way more people than than we allow into our program because it's like I only want a certain kind of money. I only want money that wants a certain type of relationship with me, right? And so I think this is really important. This goes back to establishing, you know, beliefs and standards around your business. It's like, it's one thing to say, I want to make, you know, just arbitrarily, I'm going to use an example. Uh, if somebody's a nine figure producer, let's say they go, I want to make a million dollars. Great. How do you want to make that? It's an important question to ask because it's one thing to go, I want to make a million dollars. Okay. Well, are we robbing banks? I mean, what's good? What are we doing here? Right? No, no, we're not doing that. Okay. Well, where's the line? What are we not willing to do to make a million dollars? We got to know that. Who do we not want to work with? How, under what terms do we not want to work, right? I want to be in control of how I make my money. And you're clearly in control of that as well because it sounds like you're willing to risk losing a prospect, which I'd make the argument you don't got much to lose if that's where you're at to begin with, but you're willing to lose a prospect that wants the easy out by going, well, you know what? This conversation is really actually important to the process, right? 
and not just giving in, not just saying, okay, fingers crossed, right? Like you're controlling that, which I think that needs, that can't really be overstated because um, you can't let the prospect dictate the terms of the engagement. They are more than welcome to re request changes. You are more than welcome to deny those requests, right? It's like, it's your sales process. It's your product. It's your service. It's your business, not theirs. How do you want to make your money? Right. Exactly. And I just love the fact that you've established that for yourself. So that's awesome. So you're doing a lot of templates. I'm actually going to go in and check those out because I think there's a lot of uh, uh, learning to do. And and obviously um, I have my own strategies over you know almost 20 years of doing sales, but um, I mean, numbers speak, you know, it's like, don't, don't let me yuck your yum. What, what you're doing is working. Right. So I think that that's fantastic. Um, so my templates, just so you know, are not in the system. I have them on a word doc and oh, okay. right on my computer at all times. I can send those to you though. If you'd like, well, just, just curious. I mean, this serves you and nobody else really, but why don't you put those in the system? So you could just two clicks send. I haven't learned how to navigate that part of it yet. There's still parts of the system that I'm like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, so so here, I I, I mean, what you this is, <laughs> yeah, this is the, the, that was I was gonna bring that. This this is a beautiful thing because MJ, you're doing this, you're having this success manually. The you know we've got ourselves a Tony Stark. When you bolt the Iron Man suit on, it's this is about to be wild. Um, you have a lot of efficiencies to gain. You've already had the effectiveness. So it's like the, the cool thing is if you, you know, the power dialer obviously saves you the time to dial, which speed to lead matters. So you can get more calls in for the same amount of time. That's important. Power dialers are nice. You can also control and customize the lists uh, in which you are power dialing, which is nice. So you can segment your leads based on where they're at, uh, certain touch points, last in, uh, first in. Uh, you know, you could kind of do it that way. Um, the, the other thing too is templates. Um, I love that you have them, but to save yourself the copy and the paste and the managing of different things, you can literally store them, title them, and then when you're in the contact, just click, click, boom, done. And and it just makes it super easy for you to do. So um, just want to let you know that because that you know the goal is for you to have volume and at bats, and you obviously have that. Um, but the the other goal is for you to do that efficiently so that you can not work on weekends should you choose, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So so just. I just want to throw that out there. So MJ, what is, uh, you know, before we close this out, what is some advice that you feel um, from your experience you have to offer to somebody that may, may be new in this industry um, or maybe they've done it for a while, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of technological evolution that's happening across the board. Um, what is some advice that you would give to somebody that feels like they need a leg up, feels like they got room to improve and grow? What is something that you feel in your experience you could pass on to them? Well, I've actually trained quite a few um, teams for loan officers, brain and not. Um, I'm actually a pipeline manager where I'm at as well. And I'm also a trainer for the corporate. So That's awesome. for me, it all stems with building your processes. Do your to-do list. Punch your lips. That is that is something that I have done from the end of days, the time of before time. <laughs> I'm all about lists because they keep you accountable. Sure. That's part of it. Second of all, 
not every single person you speak to is going to want to talk to you at the time that you're ready to speak to them. It's going to be something where follow-up is needed. And GVS has a wonderful platform, but the human connection can never be replaced. Amen. Period. The human connection, that is what I build. That is the rapport that I keep speaking of. Yeah. It's all about that conversation, why that person will come back to me, even if they need their credit fixed, they will come back to me because I have built that rapport with them. Yeah. Remember, you're in a sales environment. We do have competition. But my mindset is my competition is me from yesterday. That's my only competition. I agree with that. Um, final question I got for you, MJ. Um, before we close, what is a, a book or a resource that you've read either in recent years or if it was super transformative sometime early in your life um, that you feel should be required reading for people in the mortgage industry or the sales, some form of sales? Rating fans. Mm. I love rating fans. Rating fans teaches you the fundamentals of understanding the psychology of your customers and your referral partners. Yeah, so that's, uh, I, I actually, um, I don't have that. It's on my wish list. Oh, yeah, that's Ken Blanchard. <laughs> that's the one minute manager. Yeah. Okay. Cla so, so we got a classic. We got a classic on our hands. I'll have to get that one. Um, awesome, MJ. Well, thank you for joining us on the Lensetter Show. Um, I'm sure that there's people that could be inspired, or will be inspired by you, you know what you're doing, um, and and the way that you carry yourself and want to be connected with you. What what uh, for somebody that wants to to kind of reach out or just get to know you a little bit? What is a good way for them to 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 interact with you? They can definitely reach out to me on our social media platforms. I again, I'm a I'm a trainer as well, so I will take the time to help whoever needs it. Just reach out, reach out via social media. If you're part of the GVS team, you have my contact information. I've given it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome, MJ. That's uh, you're very, you're very gracious. I love it. Um, I, I love hearing about your success. I knew you were doing well. I didn't know you were doing that well. Um, that that's always great. Um, you know, that's uh, that's validating and rewarding to hear. Keep in mind, though. I wouldn't have the opportunity for all of these conversations if it wasn't for the entire GBS team. Because I've spent thousands of dollars over the years. This is gold. This is the jackpot. Just have to work the system. Follow mm -hmm. the plan. I love it. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that. I really do try to make this less about us uh, because honestly, um, like I said, I use that Tony Stark Iron 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 Man suit analogy a lot, but it is true. We we do build Iron Man suits, and I think they're great. However, if you get the wrong person in them, it can be it can be destructive. And uh, um, you know, it, it is something that uh, I view we view it as a partnership, right? It's like obviously we want to empower the right people, um, but uh, but I also think it's important to celebrate the Tony Stark, right? The person that's using the suit, and and uh, you're crushing it. You're doing well. So I love to Thank see you. it. Yeah. So, uh, MJ, thank you again, guys. If you want to reach out to MJ, I would strongly advocate for that. She's a great person, great human, and uh, uh, awesome mortgage uh, uh, professional. So, uh, once again, thanks for tuning in to the Lensetter Show. MJ, thanks for joining us. I appreciate having you on. Thank you for having me on.